2: to have personal responsibility political accountability and corporate culpability
3: get
2: up get up get up get up get up we must eliminate poverty i don't care what color the person a child is.
4: a pessimist, see a glass half empty, but an optimist, see a glass half full. Are we lost into regressive mentality by change unseen?
0: If you try to fail and then succeed, which have you done? Do you ask enough questions or do you settle for what you know? The only questions that really matter are the ones you ask
4: yourself. Welcome to Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think.
5: Good evening, everyone. It's your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, for this special edition Mental Dialogue Pop-Up Show, Camila Harris Revealed. From time to time, we jump on political issues, which is not something that we jump on a whole lot. Uh, but when we do, we try to do it well, and I bring on people that, as I always say, a little smarter than myself when it comes to politics. i got a couple of returning special guests. I'll start with um, the queen is on the line with me Just evening amina hill thank you queen once again for being back on the mental dialogue talk show Uh, we're going to make this thing quick and get right into this evening's discussion if you will and so again to say hello to the truth seekers that may be out there listening and uh you know reveal a little bit of your background and one extra question to get started is just simply uh, what is it that you respect about politics if you will go ahead queen oh wow
4: wow I am an insurance broker professional (laughs) by profession. I'm an independent insurance broker. I have my own business. Um, I call myself the Benefits Lady. And on the side, which is why you have me here, I write a political blog that I have started, and the name of it is Strong Coffee. Um, And I write that blog because I think it's important for us to have paradigm shifts in how the media, how we consume information from the media and um, how we use social media. Um, and we need a paradigm shift in our politics as well. So I write in my blog the things that the media is not saying to you. And um, even though you're sitting there looking at them and listening to them, I tell you exactly what they're not saying to you in my blog. That's
5: what I focus on because there's quite a bit
4: that they're not telling us. Um and you said what? What was the last question about politics?
5: Just, just real, just what do you respect about politics, if you will? Just a quick question uh, before we get into Camila yeah. Harris reveal, but just a quick extra thought on your background and what do you respect about politics?
4: It's Kamala like karma with a lot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> about politics is anybody who's crazy enough to do it. Okay. Because particularly today, it's a dog-eat-dog world. People seem to not respect the fact that the sacrifice that people make to actually serve them, okay, Um, for less. Um, They make sacrifices and they could be somewhere else making a whole lot more money with their backgrounds and experience. But they choose to serve us to make our lives better. And I admire anybody who is praising them to do that.
5: Hey, I like it. Definitely I like it. Shelly, well, thanks a lot, King, for being with us this evening. If you will, again, you are a returning guest. Give a little bit of your background and just a quick thought on what you respect about politics as we get into this evening show.
6: Uh, hey, Montoya, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Shelly Went. I uh, co-host, part of a team. Four that hosts the radio show on the, the largest news and talk station in the country, uh, 95.5 FM WSB. We're on every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Um, you can check us out in, on the radio if you're in Atlanta or on it, well, it as far south as uh, Orlando or as far north as South Carolina. Or you can listen on WSBRadio.com um, every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Um, politics. Really simple. Politics is just the control of resources. Um, that's all politics really is. It's really not about um, doing anything for anybody in particular, per se. The reason why people Who can make a lot more money doing something else run for politics is because it's power. Um, It's literally the control of the resources. Whether it's the sheriff who controls the resources of a local jail, which could be in the four, five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year, or is it the president of the United States or even a congressman? um, That's one of 435. It really is simply, simply put politics is simply the control of resources. I like it.
5: Uh, Leo Smith, thank you for being on with us this evening, King. If you will uh, give a quick background and answer that quick question before we get started with the show, um, what do you respect about politics as well? Go ahead. Thanks for being with us, King.
7: Montoya, thanks for having me and uh, thanks for your patience with me signing on after a long meeting today. So, yeah, my background is some of you, I, I was um, I'm a consultant to the Republican National Committee and. Um, one of the political directors for the Georgia GOP, and now run a political consultancy where um, I have a campaign going on called Secure Vote Georgia, Secure the Vote Georgia, advising the Secretary of State of Georgia on voting and political engagement. And also, I'm chair of the Community Outreach Committee for the COVID 19 Task Force for Governor Kemp. Um, and being that I'm so involved in practitioner type. Politics now. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's fortunate to hear from great two great people, um, you know, and Shelley and, and your other speaker. In that, you hear both a pragmatic position, which is absolutely true, control of resources, and the aspirational um, position where politics is the work to make society better and people giving themselves as public servants, as statesmen and women. And, and you know, I you know, that both both those definitions are true. And then we have to find ourselves when we're trying to socially engineer and change the way politics impacts people's lives. That's the middle part where the control of resources for the improvement of society and individuals' options for how they see themselves, and that's. That's the definition I choose to operate in for politics is controlling resources to impact lives in a better way. And, and so nah, I'm nah. to end it there and, and follow your lead.
5: No, nah, I love it. And just so quick, for anybody out there listening, the reason I asked that question of the, I call them politicals of all of, uh, and by the way, uh, Amina, I love your blog, so throw it out there. I definitely recommend you follow that. I definitely listen to this my man, Shelly, on 95.5, so definitely that. And I guess you just heard Leo's background, but the reason I asked that is because, to a certain extent, I think, and I think y'all might agree, the public has lost some respect for politics. That's something that's kind of been ongoing, and I wanted people to hear, for people who respect politics, because it might be the first time people are hearing why some of you are into politics to the degree that you are, so I just wanted to throw that out there, but Um, Kamala Harris revealed let's go ahead and get started with that there's obviously a lot of things that have floated on the internet we're going to start with some of those questions they will get a little deeper from your own perspectives so I'm actually going to start with a quick cut in reference to an issue that kept popping up previous to um, Kamala being selected as Joe Biden's VP running mate if you will and definitely came up right after um, she was selected so let me play this real cut and then we'll start with you, Amina. Just your thoughts in listening to uh, what you hear here. This is a cut from CNN, by the way.
8: About Kamala Harris, during a radio interview this morning, she was asked about people questioning that she's not black enough, and I found it's important how she answered it and what she said. Let me play for you what she said.
9: So I was born in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and
4: raised in the United States except for the years that I was in high school in Montreal, Canada. And, look, this is the same thing they did to Barack. Yes. This is, this is not new to us.
9: And so I think that um, we know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do what has been happening over the last two years, which is powerful voices trying to sow hate and division among us. Mm-hmm. And so we need to recognize when we're being
8: played What do you think for response? No, I think it's it's a good response, and I think it's something she's gonna to have to answer more so in terms of politics, right? I mean on the one hand, the question of blackness is about sort of where did you grow up and who your parents were, but it's also a question of how black are your politics, right? Uh, how well do they represent African Americans? And I think so her record as a prosecutor, I think when sometimes people talk about how black she is in some ways, they mean her record as a prosecutor and whether or not that is in line with what's best for African Americans because we know About the disproportionate ways in which the criminal justice system has affected African Americans. But yeah, I mean, I think this is a question that she's going to get. You hear a lot of sort of Twitter buzz on this in some ways with people questioning uh, whether or not she's just performing blackness. Is she really black? Uh, Sure, she went to Howard, uh, but she married a white man, which I think she also addressed uh, in that interview as well and essentially said she married who she fell in love with. So, you know, this will be a question that she'll have to answer as we know that Obama did as well.
5: mean, let's put it immediately. That's why I went ahead and brought it forward, forth, if you will, um, to my surprise as I was getting ready for this show. Um, after she was selected, one of the most Googled or viewed things was actually her father, who's uh, um, Jamaican descent, his actual uh legacy, if you will. So that was viewed and reviewed, and people were trying to find it, and this seemed to be so important. But what are your thoughts on this being such a quote, unquote, important issue, supposedly, for her being the selection, if you will? Go ahead.
4: Ignorance is a lack of knowledge. It's not a negative word. We use it negatively, but ignorance is basically a lack of knowledge. And people are speaking from ignorance on this. One of the things um, about that clip is I've seen the entire clip and they only played part of it. She goes on to adamantly say, I am black. I am black. I am... She was adamant about it. I am black. And that's all that matters. What does she identify as? But here's the thing. Why are we having a conversation about how black she is? Because. We want to distract from the fact that you really don't like the fact that she is black. So you want to make her something other than black. Um, It's another one of the oxymorons of our politics. Um, It's the, you know, it's the birth of mess. It's um, really cowards who can't really just say, I don't care for her because I'm black. Um, And then, unfortunately, black people and um, others follow other people down those rabbit holes. She identifies as black. That's the bottom line, and nobody really needs to be questioning that. Do we ask white people, um, you're not, do we tell white people you're not white? I mean, why do we do this to black people? Why do we do this to people like her and Barack Obama who get who ascend to a certain level of power? And um, because other folks have a problem with a black person having that power, then you start trying to make them something other than to distract from your own cowardice in having
5: a problem oh. with her blackness. Okay. Um, Shelly, I'm going to go to you. I remember seeing a quick thought of yours. As Again, I follow each of you on social media, and I remember one of your quick thoughts from your perspective was, uh, from your side of the coin, if you will, was leave this issue alone. Uh, let let the other side mm-hmm. deal and contend with this, uh, was kind of the thoughts I saw you say about it, but I'll go ahead and let you articulate, um, you know, for what I could see how you were viewing this. Go ahead, Kay. I'm sorry, Shelley. Got to get you off mute. Sorry about that, brother. There we go. All right, go ahead, Shelly. Got you. Sorry uh, about that. Uh,
6: I was speaking. Uh, I was really speaking to the uh, conservative side of, you know, um, of my social media, um, saying that, you know, basically saying that, you know, it, it's not up to you to determine who's black and who's not, and so forth. Um, th- this issue, this question, even when it came up with Barack. It's not really an issue that's pushed necessarily, and I say necessarily meaning, you know, so heavily by as far as I can see, and I could be dead wrong, but as far as I can see, from the right, this this is an issue that's internal to us as Black people. Um, that that is a question that comes up. The people that I see that are pushing this question or asking this question um are a lot of of African Americans who do it and and I and I think it comes from um, it, it just comes from the idea of, one, the politics of it, you know, being a prosecutor, I think that's part of it. And I think a large part of it, it has to do with when you marry outside the race. Um, a lot of, I've said many times, even when Barack had announced he was running for president, had Barack come out there with a wife that was with long you know, kind of reddish blonde hair and blue eyes or light skin and very fair skin, I think Barack would have been challenged even more by us. Um, But the fact that Barack came out with a sister from the south side, from Chicago, built, looking like, built like, um, a sister carried herself like a sister. I think that solidified his bona fides, if you will, as a black man um, for many of us. Um, and I think if he come if he had come out in a multiracial marriage, I think it would have been far different. Um, and I think that's where it comes from. So, and I think the right jumps on it as just a, an attack point. Um, you know. Politics is a blood sport If you have something to use You use it When John McCain was running the first time Against George Bush They called his wife a drug addict um, Because she had written in a book That she had started taking painkillers Because she had back surgery And they called her a dope fiend And a drug addict um, They adopted an Indonesian baby And they and the Bush campaign in South Carolina Said uh, John McCain had a baby outside, his, outside of his marriage And it was a black baby um, That's what politics is it, 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 You tear down your opponent because you're trying to win, as I said at the start, the control of resources. It's a power thing. So, you know, people, people will talk about their coworker in an effort to get a manager's position at McDonald's. So you can only imagine what happens at the pinnacle of power, which is to run the country. What kind of attacks you're going to go, you're going to get um, when you're trying to be the head of the most powerful country in the world and a heartbeat behind the, the leader of the free world. Um, so you know the attacks are what they are. It's a part of the game. Um, and what I see the attacks, I see the attacks coming more from us. Then they come from the right. I think the right just picks up on those attacks as just another way of saying, oh, well, black people are saying she's not black, so I'm allowed to say it also. Um, and and I think that's where where you have that coming from. And I think there's a large part of you know, we've talked about it before. you talked about it before in your show where this crabs in a barrel kind of sentiment where someone is rising up and we're snatching them down. Um, and to the point about white people doing it, white people do it every day in politics. They destroy each other. They talk about each other. Um, Karen Handel didn't go to college. They called her a high school dropout and a dummy and everything like this. White people called her that. So, you know, it, it, it it's a part of the game. And we sh- if we want to play this game, we have to learn the rules of this game. Game. And the biggest rule of this political game is, quite honestly, is there are no rules. The only rule is to win at all costs. Um, is it the right thing? Is it a good thing? Probably not. But it is the reality.
5: But Carla, so Leo, I'm going to go to a couple of calls real quick, Leo. I want to definitely move into her being a district attorney, but since we got people wanting to get on, I'm going to let them jump in on this thought real quick and we'll move into – her background as a district attorney, if you will. Again, that was an issue that has been floating around on social media. We want to discuss that as well, but let me go with the first caller real quick. Area code 817-LAST-3-503. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this discussion.
1: What's up, Montoya? This is Flying saucer. what Fort Worth, Texas.
5: Hey, how you doing, King? What you got for us?
1: Man, you know, I got a couple things, brother. Um, great show great topic it's a hot topic right now my question is how come people that perceive that that seem to know a a lot about politics and engaged in politics seems to think that everyone else is somehow ignorant if we don't agree with the candidate that's thrown in our face somehow we're just ignorant and don't know what we are talking about they're really that that I mean I, I, it's really condescending. You know what I'm saying? Just because yep. we don't ride the wave of whatever democratic, liberal flunky they throw in front of our faces, then somehow we're ignorant or somehow we're not unified or we just don't understand or, or she's being lied on or we're attacking women or we just, you know, crabs in a barrel. Maybe we just don't like her. And we have reasons we don't like her. Cause if you ever hear the saying where there's smoke, there's fire, it's a validity to what people saying about this woman. People just ain't making it all up. It's not, it's hey, not this is one big top, huh? it's not one big lie. It's not one big conspiracy theory to go against her. Ain't nobody taking now, it from the conservatives. Top. You know what I'm saying? We we, we we read. We study. We research history. We see what this woman is about. Ain't nothing black about her. What's black about her that besides she went to a black co- uh, college? She married outside her race. Her politics don't line up with, with 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 us and what we need as a community at all. Never have. So you know, I just I'm listening, brother. Nah, thank I'm you for the nah, thoughts. Well, nah,
5: actually, I want to. Yeah, nah, absolutely. Nah, that's a great question. Again, these are all valid. This is what we do on this show. We welcome all opinions. I'm gonna actually throw it to you, Leo. Um, uh, you hear this passionate viewpoint from my caller saying, hey. We're not ignorant. Don't call us ignorant. We have valid reasons why we feel this way. Um any thoughts to, for Leo as you hear this? Call, break it, break it down. Say, hey, I don't mess with her. It hit, what do you think? Hold on one second, y'all. I'm messing with Gatlin. All right, here we go, Leo. I got you live. Sorry mm-hmm.
7: about that. Okay. I mean, what the broadest frustration is is one of the, the nasty natures and the pragmatic nature um, of politics, that you run into the same thing when someone calls you ignorant, that they're calling you ignorant because they can't make an argument uh, that, that, that can create a different postulate than what you're proposing. And so that's why they do that, because that's an easy way for a person to try and get some sense of control over a conversation or some sense of direction that they're trying to achieve. And when they don't have reason to to benefit them, but the fact is, is that this whole discussion of is somebody black, uh, it is an unreasonable discussion because the whole imprimatur of race and how it's being used as a commodity you know, to win and and to defeat and, and that that's a shameful reality that we have to deal with. Because, you know, and so so I hear in the pragmatic, you know, again. You know, Shelley brings out, like, correctly, I mean, the idea that, you know, people are going to do in politics what they need to do, including call you not black or call you too white or call you this or that or say that it's the China virus or whatever. They're going to do whatever they need to create the kind of messaging that they want to create. It may not even have to do anything with the dastardly concept of racism. It may not have anything to do with that. They may say, I need, might need to act like a racist in order to get the voter turnout that I need. Um, So, and it's all shameful, and we should not have this conversation. I mean, what is blackness? It should not be a conversation we even have to discuss, because the fact is, is that, as the brother just said, we we should have a concept of what is the agenda that this person is carrying with them that serves the needs of people who happen to be black? And the only reason why it's relevant that those people are black because they have some similar conditions. But even that definition doesn't apply. So this is all just kind of ridiculous. And so the, the value of the conversation here can be one of sociological impact, but the fact is we're talking about it in a political context. And the only way to talk about things in a political context is the pragmatic aspect, who's winning and who's losing from the conversation. Uh, makes so,
3: sense. So, so, uh, so the
7: winners of the conversation is there's a desire. I, was, I, I implemented a strategy with the Georgia GOP to drive down uh, Hillary Clinton's bonuses, as you might say, by creating dislike of her in the black community. The same tactic is going to be used with Kamala Harris to create dislike of her in the black community. It is just politics. is election It doesn't mean people are being racist. It means they're using racism and our hatred of racism or our favor of racism to control messaging and control outcomes. So yes, we're getting wow. paid played as Kamala Harris pointed out. We're all getting played if we fall prey to it.
5: Now, great point. See, I heard it firsthand. Strategy being used. I mean, I want to get your thoughts real quick on what the caller had to say. And then we'll get to the next caller go ahead um leo is hard He's he's a
4: i can all i can barely hear him and i didn't catch the the kicker he just had there
5: at the end so okay um um, leo if she if she she can barely hear you i don't know if you can call back in and maybe we can get a better connection with you um if you will so just call back in Um, If you will, Um, but yeah, I mean, I I was more or less, if you can recall what the um, caller had said, I wanted you to address again, this passionate caller saying, Hey, if I don't mess with her, why, why? And again, you, and you started out the show saying people misunderstand ignorance. So I know you don't use it in that manner, but I definitely wanted you to address the caller before I go to the next one.
4: What I want to clear up is um, again, ignorance is a lack of knowledge. I'm ignorant on a lot of things that I don't know anything about. If I care to know, I go do what I need to do and research and find out about it, apply my discernment and common sense to it to come up with what is probably accurate or closer to the truth. I, I also have a philosophy that when you're having conversations and disagreements, if it doesn't apply to you, then you won't be offended, you won't have to get defensive, and you won't feel guilty. If, something, if I read something or hear something that makes me feel some kind of way, I look inward. I look at myself first. Why is it that that struck a nerve or somebody stepped on my toe when they said it? I look at me. Um, and the other thing, just as those people, just as he expressed his passion about not being told how to feel and all that, I personally don't believe in telling people who to vote for. I believe in being a happy warrior. Advance, you don't have to tear people down. If you believe in your candidate or whatever your cause is, advance that. Promote that. Because for me, if you're spending all your time tearing something or somebody else down, it's because you don't have anything to advance your argument or your candidate with. And I don't like being clumped into the us because all of us are not the same. Okay? So it's not – Don't assume for me that all black people might feel like you do because we don't. Um, That's one thing about us is we're not a monolith, as we like to say. So be the active warrior. But don't just say I don't care for her and don't just repeat the talking points that we hear from everybody else saying, well, she's not for us. Why? What is the problem? Say what the problem is. Then listen to what somebody else may have to offer for that. And then if you really just, if you know what you're talking about and you don't care about her, then just promote your person. If you're for Donald Trump, say that. Don't spend a whole lot of time pulling somebody else down. If don't And don't just follow other folks. And, and don't just repeat what you hear on social media or see in social media because that's another problem with our political discourse is social media is very dangerous now because people do not know how to use it. And we use it wrong and we don't use it to advance ourselves as a people. We have, we're sitting here with phones in our hands while the civil rights folks had nothing and they got legislation passed. And most of us were born early enough to not have civil rights when we were born and voter rights when we were born to live and get them and lose them again. And, that's, and right now, the way people just read headlines and don't go past the headlines or just react to something and share it without even knowing what they're sharing, that's a problem also. And it's kind of out of control. And until we get some discernment about ourselves and some social media education and people really just stop using it to tear folks down as opposed to advance yourself, in your group of people, it's 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 going to be like it is, and those uh, who know enough. how to me, take
0: advantage
5: of all are doing it. Now, nah, fair enough. Uh, real quick, uh, blast off as you say. Um, I would say the guests I have are on a level that they're not going to be the ones that do that. And some of the one thing I'll say to answer you and go to the next caller is simply this: some of those who you say are really into politics are. On it on surface level And doing a whole bunch of what Amina just talked about So they care about it and watch it Every day but not from the Standpoint of really moving the needle on Legislation so they no matter What you say like you said you may have Thought out your reasoning for why you feel the way You do and they won't even listen To it because they're locked in From a mass um, um, A mass media standpoint if that makes sense So thank you for that thought let's go to the um, Actual next caller Area code four zero four last three four one nine to give us your name, where you're calling from and your three cents on this evening's discussion.
3: Hey, how you doing? This is Frank Asante.
5: Hey, how you doing, King? Hey. Thanks for calling in. What you got for us?
3: Thank you. A real quick question. Um first of all, um, uh, I'm a black man from Africa and um I just have always have questions about the black community because it's just new things coming up every day. First of all, the first question is, what is the purpose of this woman's name coming up to the spotlight? There's a reason why this woman's name came up to the spotlight. Right. So the question I have for black America is, are we more concerned about his blackness, whiteness, whatever, than the reason why her name came to the spotlight? And the second question is, I hear you all the time about marrying outside of your race. Like I said, again, I'm African. Uh, Is marrying outside of your race a a code in the African-American community that completely disqualifies you to be black or do anything for the black community? Those are my two questions.
5: I got you. Uh, We're going to just deal with the first one because I definitely got to get into her background in reference to her becoming the VP nominee. So uh, just a quick mm-hmm. thought uh, from any of our guests can jump in on that first question, which you just, in a sense, ask, are we more concerned with her, ra- her race than the reason why she got to this position? Uh, either one, Any one of you can jump in and just kind of give a thought. I I hope not.
4: <laughs> I hope not. That's I, I, don't give so, thing but, I,
6: I don't think so, but I will say this. Um, if you – if you if you push somebody on the voters or on the American populace, white, black, young, old, whoever it is, if you push on them, her qualifications for her being there are, one, she's a woman, because you said, I'm going to select a woman. You didn't say at that debate, Joe Biden didn't say at the debate, I'm going to select someone who has had great foreign policy positions, or I'm going to select someone who was a former prosecutor, or I'm going to select someone who who can debate my—whatever the point was, your position was, I'm going to select a woman, period. You didn't say anything else but that. And then, as— the time moved forward and he became the nominee and now he's got to pick a vice presidential candidate. Um, he's questioned on whether that position, that woman is, I mean, that, that person is going to be a black woman. And he said, no, I just said it was going to be a woman. And then he's pressured. Um, it came out three, four days before he made the selection about uh, of Kamala Harris. It came out that over 100 African-American Democrats and powerful Democrats wrote him a letter saying that his pick has to be an African-American woman. So if your position from the outset is selling the American people or the American voter on her gender and her race, then it only plays that the people are going to judge her on her gender and her race. And policy becomes completely secondary and and tertiary, simply because that's not what you put out there as your reasoning for picking her. Um, Most people pick vice presidents because they want to win an area of the country or a state um, that they think is a swing area. Um, Tim Kaine was picked because they needed Virginia at that time. Um, uh, uh, um, 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 Bill Clinton um, picked Al Gore for the south the southern democrat i mean most people most times the vice president is picked for regional purposes and to win a regional area or to win an area of the country or to win it or or even to win a section or demographic within the party, whether it be the Republicans or the Democrats. Um, and so if you put out there that you're picking a woman first, and then you're forced to pick a African-American woman, then race and gender becomes the reason why you picked her. Then race and gender becomes how everybody um, 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 criticizes her or looks at her because that's what you told us you wanted to have.
5: Yeah. Matter of fact, you, know, Shelley, you and I not had, had too a, a, a quick, oh, go ahead.
6: ahead, please go ahead.
7: The sword, the uh, sword you use is the either. sword you can also die by, you know, and, and I think that's the pragmatic aspect of what Shelly is saying. But, you know, we, we have so much to learn just about race and how we talk about race in general. The caller said that he was African. Is he a white African or a black African? We don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my, my point is, is that we're so, we're so unsophisticated when it comes to this race mm-hmm. thing because race has been used mm-hmm. on us in an unsophisticated way. And so, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't even know how to talk about it. And so, so that, mm-hmm. that's a big, huge sociological problem that we have and outside of the politics. So then, of course, the political consultant is going to manipulate us with this thing. And so, so that only makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, we just need to learn some essential elements of what race is, what culture is, what identity politics are as opposed to what agenda politics are. And you can have a white man named Bill Clinton who might create a blacker agenda than a Barack Obama. And that makes sense because why? Because the expectation is that Obama was elected for his identity, whereas Clinton might have been elected for his agenda. So we can expect in this upcoming cycle that if Biden wins the presidency, that he would have more power to do things that were "quote unquote" black agenda oriented than would Kamala Harris.
5: Um, matter of fact, let's move on with we- we- that we- to, we- that we- to we- the
7: identity we- politics.
5: Yeah, well. Can we- I say something we- about
7: no, the fact that?
5: He- yeah, please. Amina. mean, let, uh, yeah, go ahead. Amina. jump in, Queen. Please.
7: Yeah. Real quick. Uh, back to the
4: selection of her being a woman, and then that's all you're going to focus on. That's because that's what you choose to focus on. She, she's still still want, you know. For me, I always said during the primaries that the Democratic Party needed to have a diverse ticket. Okay, if one of, if the nominee ended up being a white male or female, I personally, openly on my blog, and heard others saying it as well, that we needed to have a minority on a ticket, and I personally preferred a black female because it's past time for both of the parties, but in particular the Democratic Party, to have a ticket of their presidential leadership that represents the demographics that put them in office, okay? So once he said he was picking a woman, it's because it's time. That's what you needed to do. But if you want to choose to harp on the fact that she's a woman, that's on you because you still got this – you can – Look at her qualifications, regardless of whether she's a woman or not. She's still got qualifications. She still has a career. So why are you only focusing on the fact that she's a woman? That's because you want to, because she still has what it takes to do the job, and she has the background and experience to do it.
7: Dr. Amina, can I ask a question? This is Leo. I want to ask Amina a question, because here's the trouble trouble with her – emphasizing or any group of people emphasizing her gender, part of her identity, or her racial identification. The problem is when you, when you have campaigns, so for 100 black men or any other organization, you do a campaign to put pressure on the DNC and to Joe Biden to make this his choice. Once that pressure is applied, resources, time, money, movement is created for that. One then knows that you can use the same pressure movement to policy agendas or to force the next election cycle. As soon as someone gets to Washington, D.C., they're already campaigning. They're already campaigning. One of the things a lot of people don't like about Trump is he's campaigning all the time, right? So we don't like that about him because he's using campaign tactics. So the fact is, the reality is, the pragmatic aspect of this is that once you start to make a campaign based on somebody's identity, they don't have to deliver you policy. And that happens a lot in the black community where we have representational rep, you know, uh, political leaders based on representational, not on the agenda that they do for us, based on the fact that we wanted a black person. But then you end up with a black person who does nothing for you. That's possibly going to happen with Ms. Harris. And black people will lose because of that. I, I mean, okay, if I... I, if I, I if... Let, let, me, let me throw
5: this out real quick. I, I'll, let I'll let you respond. I'll let you respond. I just want to throw this out, and I'll let you respond. Mm-hmm. I, will say, I just want to throw out mm-hmm. that as a political independent, that sometimes I end up feeling that way really by, I can say by both parties, if you will, but when you pr- bring in the, the, the racial aspect to that degree, I often feel just like what I heard Leo describe, and again, me saying this as a political independent. You know, I just want to say I get to that position sometimes. Go ahead and give your response, Queen. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not saying he's right. I just want um, to be a, somebody to be aware that I get I, to that point sometimes I, myself.
4: I understand what he's, but I don't think that's the case this time. I think she's actually going to. The good thing about her, as opposed to the other options he had, is that she will be in his ear about black concerns as opposed to any others. If she wasn't there, nobody was going to be, because I'm already upset about the fact that they're going too far left and Bernie's getting everything, and they can't seem to want enough. But I personally feel like um, she will. I understand what he is saying, but at what point do we get to the table and get the things that we need if we don't scream and ask them? Because um, I've been voting for president since 1980, and I am over Um, voting um, for a party and we never seem to you know quite get what we need to get
5: okay yeah I think a lot of people are getting tired of that but I want to move on to the idea of what Leo was talking about uh, identity over agenda and I think just getting into Mm -hmm. some of her career there's some clarity of some questions that have been floating out there I definitely wanted to get y'all take on it so even for example um, as her time as a as a prosecutor I can admit um, Mm -hmm. prior to, you know, at first she was running for president, and then obviously she's just recently become the VP nominee. But during that time for the the candidates to review, I was concerned, um, being someone who one of my soapbox issues is mass incarceration, I feel like I've studied it pretty Mm -hmm. thoroughly. And so I initially, like a lot of people, just hearing the initial background of her being, you know, a prosecutor and a DA and things of that nature, I was very concerned. I'm like, "Wow, are we going to put somebody forward who, who basically uh, was involved in the very thing that, in my opinion, has hurt our community the most?" Uh, what I have since learned, um, I saw Roland Martin say this, and I agree that you know, now that she's selected, there's going to even be more scrutiny. So I will say, now that she's been selected my my review and my research has taken me to a, a broader sense. And this is why I want to hear y'all thoughts on it. So, yes, yeah, she's been a DA. Yes, yeah, she's been a prosecutor in the past. But I also found out, for example, with just a little more details, that while she was a prosecutor, she mostly, held, mostly dealt with rape and child abuse um, cases, from what I understand. And so in that case, I don't know how many people would ever, whereas I was on the board of, She's locking up all these black men, as we always say, with mass incarceration. I don't know who would disagree with locking up people that are child abusers, if you will. And so so it's almost like we don't, we, we get so upset, myself included, about mass incarceration that sometimes we don't take the, the broader look. Or when she was a DA, she had programs that some were beneficial, but there are things that you can question. Nobody has a perfect record. So I just wanted to throw it out there that I think people have to go a little deeper or at this point, to get an understanding of, uh, in a sense, what her background was, since that's becoming to the forefront. Um, like I say, she's the VP nominee, but people are still using it on whether they're going to vote or not. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and start back with you with this, Queen.
4: Okay, as far as the truancy situation,
5: she, and
4: I've seen her say this in interviews. She, um, she looked at. She was looking at some crime numbers and trying to figure out the source of the crime numbers. And what she found out is they were young and in their early 20s. And she was like, why are so many of these people coming through here for these crimes? And what she found out is they were high school dropouts. So she um, started the truancy program to cut down on the dropout situation. And what she did as a part of that, and she did admit, she said her staff told her not to do it, and she said, but I am. And um, she um, provided, the program is supposed to provide resources to the parents. They were there. But, of course, you know, as what happens to us often, prosecutors criminalize things as opposed to doing things to help keep people out of jail. But her program, um, it was called the um, – San Francisco reentry, back on track initiative. And in a nutshell, what happened was she had the program, she had resources for the parents to help them with the things that were keeping them from being focused on keeping the children in school. And um, dropout rates went down 30% and the crime went down as well. That is what that program was. She has said that in some cases she uh, regrets how the program was used, but she didn't set out to lock up a bunch of black people. One of, the things, one of the problems I have with black folks saying that is, one, nobody said a damn thing about Amy Klobuchar's record in Minnesota, and I was screaming to the top of my lungs day in and day out, tweeting people on television. Even the media wouldn't vet her. I don't understand why we think black people are not supposed to hold black people accountable. And if the – what. And do you make that argument without looking at the demographics and the percentage of people there? For example, uh, Minnesota has, I think, 7 to 10% black folks, but Amy Kovachal was locking up 60%. 60% of her people getting locked up that were black was 60%. That's a problem. That's intentional. And she admitted it because Republicans make you be tough on crime, so they have to find something to make their careers look like they're tough on crime. But – that's what she did with that program, and um, I just think it's a little bit. Let me, bit if you different will, different let me look, different.
5: if you will, Quinn, I want to get some more thoughts so we just going to just kind of play this out, but again, thank you for those thoughts. I just want to jump in some more thoughts. Uh-huh. Um, Shelly, your thoughts on this DA uh, perspective. Again, I just kind of threw it both ways, saying that prior to now, I was one of those people who was just like, how are you going to give me this candidate? And I'm not, again, I'm not saying I'm okay with what I'm seeing now, but as I dig deeper, there's definitely more behind it as I do more research. Go ahead, King. Any thoughts on, on that aspect of her background?
6: Well, I think that um, uh, as a conservative, um, the prosecutor as a background doesn't bother me um, because – like I know, I know our community and many communities have problems with crime. The problem is mm-hmm. the Democrats have made prosecutors a bad thing. So the interesting thing is that – can you hear me?
5: Yeah, you're coming mm-hmm. out of clear. Yes. Go ahead, you? uh,
6: Yeah, so you're know, the coming to clear. Uh, the, the interesting thing is that the Democrats were the ones who made prosecutors a bad thing to the point where there's a whole – a program or a national cry to defund the police or reallocate funds, however you want to define defund. So it, it's interesting to me when the sister breaks down the truancy program, and she's absolutely correct. There's nothing there's nothing unfactual about what she said, but the issue becomes if a white Republican were to do the same thing, to run the same truancy program, does get the same benefit of doubt that the black woman gets, like she asked about Amy Klobuchar? Does the Republican get the same breakdown and, oh, he really helped people and it wasn't that bad? I'm seeing USA Today put out a story saying Joe Biden's 94 crime bill didn't lead to mass incarceration. And I'm saying for 20 yeah. years we've said mass incarceration came out of the crime bill, and now you're trying to rewrite history. So the issue of Kamala Harris being a prosecutor, it's not an issue for a conservative like me. It's an issue for the Democrats because they're the ones who have made prosecutors and law enforcement as a whole a bad thing. So now you're looking at a position where you're having to, like you did, Montoya, look back at her record. Just glean it to say, okay, well, it's not that bad. Well, that's because you've been made to think prosecutors and law enforcement as a whole is a white systemic racist institution. And if you have someone black that was within a European, the Democratic definition of a white institute, white supremacist, quote unquote racist institution, that is law enforcement, prosecutors, cops, judges, courts, and everything included in law enforcement, if that has been your position as Democrats for the last five years, then how the real question is what you asked, Montoya. How do you give me as your president an African-American former prosecutor, no matter what her record was?
5: Leo, any thoughts on that question? Uh, again, we're just pulling this back from everybody's perspective. Go ahead, Leo.
7: No, I mean, I, I think this is it. I mean, I, what Shelley said is spot on, I think. I mean, I'm a conservative as well. But, I mean, the the point is is that the fact is, is that the Democrats have created identity politics in such a way that somebody who does something rational and needed in our justice system, meaning a prosecutor, okay, <laughs> um, representing the state, okay? So someone does that job. If they're white, they can do that job and be heralded. If they're black, we've created a condition where they can't do that job without being questioned about their blackness. But further, the Democrats have taken it a step further, and that is that they have now explicitly said, if you use a black moniker, if you say that you're black, you actually can get away with some stuff that you can't if you're white, meaning... Pete Buttigieg couldn't get away with any kind of sold background as it relates to how he treated uh, black people as he was mayor. Um, Klobuchar actually didn't. Klobuchar was, you know, the reason her candidacy didn't go anywhere was because they did drill down on her background as it relates to that. If Klobuchar was brown skinned, she would have survived.
5: Any thoughts on that, Amina? Again, these are just... Um, their perspectives, any perspectives on that aspect that um, prosecutors, if you're black, it's going to be harder on you because of what they just label or said or d- identify with the identity politics. Any thoughts on that, Queen? Let me get you back live. I got you now. Sorry about that. You got me now. Yeah, I got you now.
4: Okay. The, the identity for the the identity politics for me is making it a Republican Democratic thing. Why? The conservatives are currently attacking black females. They, they It's their thing. They run on a um, stopping crime platform, which is part of their ability to notoriously run for things and come up with a solution for a problem that does not exist, okay? It's no secret that we have a lot of communities that are taking advantage of to generate revenue in these conservative areas where they target blacks and minorities to generate um, revenue with traffic, tickets, and other crimes. Mm-hmm. You get stopped in your car just like stopping and frisk on the street all the time. They, um, I don't think it's a matter of you get a pass because you're a Democratic prosecutor. I have a problem, and I've seen people put this in writing on social media, that they were mad with her because she was black and, and holding black people accountable who happened to commit a crime as if She is not supposed to lock black people up. You, we can't do that. And then we sit up and we don't say anything. Our Congress is full of people with past careers as prosecutors. That's usually where they come from. Okay, they're attorneys. They've been prosecutors. We don't say a word about how our communities are torn up with the targeting of us for petty crimes and what have you on the guise of cutting back crimes when we don't even commit more crimes in this country than white people
5: do. Okay? So let me and let me jump part... in real quick, Queen. Let me jump in just real quick for a piece of clarity because I'm mm-hmm. 100% with you on the last thing you just said. But I do want mm-hmm. to be absolutely clear. Um, what was said was there's leeway if you are a, yeah, well, Actually, there's more scrutiny if you are a black prosecutor. So just to be – I think, mean, again, I want to make that clear point because you're absolutely
7: right. But versus, versus, versus you had mentioned, if,
5: you just mentioned that they get leeway if they're Democratic. They're, you know, and I just want to make it clear, mm-hmm. it was specifically the race okay, of the prosecutor right. where you're getting hit for it. Go ahead, go ahead though, queen
4: Pay attention to what conservatives are doing right now to black females who are prosecutors. They are under attack. Because they are doing the same things that Senator Harris was doing with her program. And her program, as a matter of fact, went national. It's documented. The Justice Department used it. Dallas used it. Chicago used it. She's created a lot of things that have become national models as a prosecutor. Okay? But black women that's prosecuted right now are under attack. Mike McConnell just had the young lady from Chicago on TV on Saturday asking her, Why are you not prosecuting more people? They're upset with them because they're taking the justice system and using it differently than just locking people, you know, filling the jails up with people. They're taking low-level, low, low level nonviolent crime and coming up with other ways to keep people out of jail. Senator Harris's program made people go to child support classes, all kinds of life-skill classes. They had to go to school. They had to check in with court, all of that. And if they screwed up, then they got locked up. But when they graduated, they were free. And that's what we want to do is give people an opportunity to – be a productive citizen as opposed to creating a bunch of bad records for them where they can't function as a citizen
3: no, I, can got a I, can, no, no, I can respect
5: that I can respect that program but here's the issue here's somebody is let I me mean, I'm gonna say something real quick and then just, I want to bring it to the table just again as an independent so for somebody like myself who cares heavily about mass incarceration, that program while mm-hmm. being great you know another issue that she's being brought to task on and I definitely want to hear the thoughts on it is, you know, during the time as a DA, never pushing for the independent counsel's own police shooting, which is a huge issue, even more so than her having, you know, again, that one program that, you know, as I dig into it, great, but as a DA not supporting that, that's something else that I, as an independent, who cares about mass incarceration, care about. Go ahead, um, Shelly. I wanted to just throw that thought out there, as, as you know, again, because that's my concern.
6: Well, I just want to say something to the sister. The, the truth of the matter is conservatives were really the first – Republican. Uh, Republicans were, were the first to start a more compassionate um, and uh, look at criminal justice. And the reason for wasn't because of any kind of race base or any kind of I'm black and I care about black people. It was money. Um, they found that they were spending an inordinate amount of money locking people up and housing people in prisons for low-level nonviolent crimes. and a lot of the issues, a lot of the programs that you saw that started to come out probably about five to seven maybe probably about uh, two years into Barack Obama's uh, term as president at the state level were pushed by Republicans and were funded by the same group that had pushed stand your ground which was Alex. Um, which were pushing these issues, not because out of the concern for black people, but just out of a concern for the monies being spent to house people in these prisons because they were running out of space. So if you have a bunch of people in jail that did not really commit a violent crime, but you start to run out of space to house people that were m- multiple felonies and violent felonies, it became a problem. So the truth of the matter is, as a as sister was saying, those were conservative, conservative initiatives around spending and re, and reapportioning the money around spending so you're not running out of money just um, locking people up. Um, and that's, that's documented, um, by the way. Um, yeah, so and when they started you... for-profit
0: prisons. For-profit prisons,
4: that's why. I mean, I, well, I'm well, not going to agree with that, but all well, they did was well, put them in for-profit
6: prisons. Well, for-profit prisons were around a very long time before compassionate justice started. Um, they've been around for a very long time. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, you can't on the one hand, you can't on the one hand talk about a good truancy program put forth by a DA at the city level, which was San Francisco, and then ignore everything as a state attorney general that she did as a state attorney general. And my point here is not done to disregard. My point here is not to discredit her. My point here is just to say this is a Democratic Party platform. This is not a Republican Party platform. In, in terms of a prosecutor, you're talking about many people in Congress were former prosecutors. A lot of those people were on the Republican side. But on the Democrat side, prosecutors are a bad thing because they're part of the criminal justice system, which is racist and white supremacist. So if you're African-American and you're coming out of that white, quote-unquote white supremacist racist system, of criminal justice, which is prosecutors, judges, um, um, uh, 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 law enforcement, police, everything, you're going to be looked at sideways because the Democrat Party has pushed a negative image of the criminal justice system. It's just what it is.
5: You know, maybe hey, let me jump in real quick. we got a couple of, we got a couple of minutes. Democrat, so, Amina, what I'm going to do, Amina, I want to give you – Yeah, i got a couple of minutes. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a couple of callers after the hour. If either anyone, I guess, want to stay, you can. But, Amina, I definitely want to be respectful of your time. Um, I definitely want people to follow you and get some of that strong coffee on that blog. So if you can announce that again before um, we let you go. Same thing, Amina and Leo, if I Uh I need to let you go, I can. But for the callers that are getting, we'll do like a caller session after the top of the hour. So go ahead, Amina, get your information out before we let you go. And, again, that's just me trying to be respectful of your Uh time.
4: Is on the, and I, I can stay a little bit longer. The blog is okay. Cool. Um, I'll leave, I'll leave you on in. Okay. On cool. On Facebook and on Twitter, at um, the Prissy Pundit. The name is Strong Coffee And Twitter is at
5: the Prissy Pundit. You um, find me, Strong Company, on Facebook. I love it, um, Leo. As well as Shelly If you need to go, y'all can. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay a little longer for the callers that are trying to get in, so we can do a little more discussion. If y'all can stay, that's fine. Um, Leo, I'll go ahead and let you get out any information if you want to Or if you want to stay, let me know that as well
7: I don't do a whole lot of social media But what I do do, you know, like, uh, Leo Smith Politics on uh, Instagram On uh, Facebook, I, I think I'm Leo Smith GOP uh, To that effect, my, um, but um, you know, my website is LeoJSmith.com And I'm reachable through it
5: All right, sounds good, do you need to go? I definitely want to respect your time as well
7: no, I can hang out for a few more minutes. And I'm up okay, you sounds to good. Shelly, what about
5: you, brother? Yep. Go ahead and get your information out, whether you decide to stay or not. I just want to make sure I'm being respectful of all of your times.
6: Well, well, I appreciate you having me. I do have to go. Um, like I said, you can check me out at 95.5 FM WSB, 9 o'clock on the weekends. We have a great show, great team. It's four of us, and we get it in. We have a lot of fun. We laugh. We play. We joke. We get serious. We have a little bit of everything. So please check us out and let us know what you think. Thanks for having me, Leo. I mean, Montoya. Good to hear from you, Leo. Nice. Good to
7: talk with you. Good to hear from you, too, Sally. Keep on keeping on. All
6: right, brother. All
7: right. Appreciate you for that. Let's and get sister, to a caller nice again.
6: We can... Nice to meet you, sister. Sorry. Oh, nice to meet you, too.
5: Okay. Bye. All right. Great. Let's keep it going. Let's see what these callers want to get in. We'll definitely get y'all thoughts as well, Amina and Leo. Uh, but I got, definitely have some callers hanging on for a minute here. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's go with 404 Last three eight five three. You're live with us. Give us your three cents on this morning's I mean, I'm sorry, I'm so used to having my morning show. This evening's discussion. <laughs> you're live on the air.
9: Hello? Hello?
5: Yep, you're live on the air. Coming you're coming through clear. Live on the oh. air. Give us your name, where you're okay. calling from and your three cents.
9: Oh, this is this is kitty. I had heard a different number when you said that. Um And I'm just blessed to be able to hear everything tonight for once. Um, Here's my thing. I'm trying to understand why we still have a talk about, you know, this woman's race. You know, it was not too long ago where if you had a drop of black in you, you were black. And you were treated as such. And you had to drink out of a certain water fountain. You had to go into a certain bathroom. You had to go to a certain school. You couldn't go over there across the train track if you just had an ounce of black in them. And it's amazing to me how it seems like we've forgotten where we've come from. And so now we have someone who is half black and it's not good enough. We say we want somebody black. And and you know what? The flip side of it is this, which I totally get. We also have a history of colorism. Where if you did not um, have a particular complexion, if you were darker than a brown paper bag, then you couldn't even get into some of the HBCUs and you couldn't get into some of the uh, sororities, which is which is what I totally get. But aside from all that, um, unless you just like Donald Trump, <laughs> like something's got to give. And I need people to prioritize, and I need people to do their research. And I I heard someone mentioning about how, you know, people are just kind of just taking other people's word for what they say about Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has done a lot of work as far as helping to right the wrongs of the justice system, helping felons to get jobs, helping felons to get on their feet after they get out of prison. Um, And then on top of that, everyone has a cell phone everyone has some access to the internet. We can Google, you know, the work that she has done. We can go on her website. We can go on the Senate's website. We could see the bills that she's voted for. We could look at her track record while she was in California as a, uh, a um, attorney general. We can look all these things up rather than just going off of hearsay and rumors. But, you know, end of the day, I think all of these excuses that we're making and we're we're misinformed and we're we're malinformed, if you will, um, about some of what she has done or what she has not done, um, or if she's black enough or if she's not black enough. I think we need to question on what our actual priorities are in this race. You know, it's. No, thank, sorry, you you. it's no, thank you for your. No, thank you for your thoughts. No, yeah. right, said
1: a whole
5: lot. Yeah, appreciate the thoughts. Thank you for getting in. I had you going right. home for a while. We got a lot of callers. Now you're good, so I'm gonna go to another caller. Sure. But thank you for your three cents this evening. That was great. All right, let's go to six seven eight last three two seven two. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this evening's discussion.
0: Hi, my name is Latrice. I'm calling from Atlanta.
5: Hey, how you doing, um, Queen? Thanks for calling in. What you got for us?
0: Good. How are you? Um, a couple of things. I think that first. Um, There are actually valid reasons why conservatives and liberals view police differently. Um, A lot of it you can go to social science, but some of it you can go to research and see where black people and black and brown people are stopped more frequently. They're treated more aggressively right out of the gate. Um, But because of different lived experiences, people have different perspectives about that. Um, As far as Kamala Harris is concerned, I think that we're spending so much energy worrying about her race, um, I think that it's fair game to look at her um, criminal justice record. It's fair game, but it's to look at the whole record and not just the parts where she, in some instances, did her job. She may have, you know, did some things, done some things that, you know, may seem to be against Black people in general, but it may have been doing her job and initially when she was running for president because she was not my candidate I'm an independent I'm a progressive leaning independent and so um, my candidate was Warren Um, but when she became the vice presidential nominee the presumptive well the the vice presidential person um, I began to do research and that research has has broadened my perspective about her Um, and I would advise anyone to stop pushing the memes online, um, many of which are being pushed out by Russian troll factories and began to do the research themselves. I've shared a couple of, um, of posts that outline, some, a couple of lengthy posts that actually give specific details about her background and about timelines that's, that's contradictory to some of the popular memes. So it's a. we it really need to be looking forward to what we need to be focused on, and it's our future. And, granted, looking backwards to determine where our future is going is important, but we shouldn't be spinning our wheels worrying about whether she's black enough or whether she's not black enough. That's just ludicrous we look at this point. Uh,
5: okay. Love the thoughts. I'm actually going to get both Amina um, and Leo's thoughts on um, what they just heard. Um, Amina, we'll start with you just from both our callers. Any thoughts you want to give real quick for there, one more caller that wants to get in. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I got something in the background, Queen. I'm trying, to get it, I'm trying to keep it in and out. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Queen.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I agree with what both of them have said about doing your research. Um, I come to the conclusion some people just don't know how somebody put up a bad, um, some misinformation about her Sunday morning, and I was like, what are you doing? you can, He's like, well, does anybody have some information? I'm like, that woman announced her presidency in January of 2019. And when I saw the rumors popping up, it took me five seconds to type in Kamala Harris prosecutor record. Stuff pops up. Anything you want to know, type it in your browser and the stuff comes up. And, and you know, if you don't know how to figure out what's what, then, you know, that's, I, I don't know what else to say, but the colorism thing, that for me goes to what I always refer to as the dysfunction of slavery. That's how far it goes back. We are still, the way we're acting right now about her um, and how we don't hold white people accountable like we would call ourselves holding somebody black accountable, but we're really just tearing them down. That comes from slavery. They, they used to pit us against each other based on our color after they started commingling with us um, um, and, you know, letting the light skin ones in the house, you know, it was, you know, all of that goes back to slavery. And we have not made a decision as a people to stop, and they know exactly what to do today to do that to us. They know exactly what to do to have us going at each other. We're the only ones doing that. Why people just going on about their way? Um, He's mailing out his mailers um, while he's setting up saying don't, the, that mail in voting is fraudulent. I po- I did a blog post this weekend where somebody sent me the, the door knocker where they're going out, they're on the ground, putting things on the ground, telling people to order their mail in ballots. And we're worrying about what color she is and her record. And here we have what we have in the White House, and we're scrutinizing somebody that he, you know, got more character in their little toes than he does. It
5: goes mm-hmm. back to the... Leo, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, queen, I thought you were finished. I'm sorry, go ahead, finish.
7: That's
5: fine. you good. Leo, any thoughts to the callers or Amina? Just Again, just rock it with the callers. I think we got one more caller. Well, we'll get to them and kind of wrap this thing up. But go ahead, King.
7: You know, brother, I, one of the things I enjoy about your, you and the work that you do and just you and yourself, you refer to the woman as queen, so I'm going to refer to the, both queens, the caller of the queen and, and Amina the queen. Um, you know, what's amazing is, is that you've got some really intelligent folks who are calling into your show. And I think the sad thing here is that we have to acknowledge, and this is a, a mean thing to say to some people who always want to think, you know, one thing about conservatism is that conservatives often will say the unsexy thing, the the plain thing, the pragmatic black and white it's not sexy, conservatism. Um, I always i am I'm, I'm impressed by progressives because they make things sexy. They make things feel good. And so I'm going to say something that doesn't feel good. Most people are consumers of politics. Most people are consumers mm-hmm. of information.
3: Mm-hmm. They're not creators
7: of information. They don't know how uh-huh. to synergize information. They don't know how to do the research. you got a sister calling in, a queen calling in saying, why are people – believing social media means. The reason why is because unfortunately we've taken advantage of them and we'd further we've furthered the commodification of race so that we may use them mm-hmm. for gain. We further that mm-hmm. and we've commodified ignorance. We've commodified ignorance. And mm-hmm. so then political consultants, sellers of sugar, sellers of this, that or the other Now use social media as a further way to take advantage of ignorance and to make them think they know when they don't know. It is a very sad thing. One of the great things that I think, and look, I'm not going to be voting for Kamala Harris. I'll just say that straight up, therefore not voting for Biden. I'll say that straight up. But one of the wonderful things that Democrats, society has an opportunity, that sister said, hey, you're being played. I haven't heard a political candidate straight up tell people, hey, guess what? This whole political game you're watching on TV is all boo boo to food stuff. She just told you <laughs> that politics is Hollywood for ugly people. And people want to think that they're so smart. People have been duped into thinking that they've been taught critical reasoning skills that Kamala Harris is telling you that you're watching bullshit and they still won't believe her.
5: <laughs> Powerful. That's powerful,
7: (laughs) and that's where we are. I mean, that's powerful. That statement on our education level here in America, in the world.
5: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hey, for any of the callers out there, some of y'all are new to the platform. You do have to press one. Obviously, the ones that are walking with us already know. So, I just want to make sure we are covering the callers. We're just going a little extra time on this special edition pop up show. So, if you're on the line and meant to say something or get in, if you're just listening, no problem. All right, we got one that just popped up. Six four seven last three zero five zero. Let's get you in. You're live on the air. Give us your three cents on this evening's discussion.
1: Well, I just had a question. So
3: Okay, go ahead.
1: What 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 should we tell the young people who are saying that they're not going to vote because there's no reason for them to. They're not getting anything out of it. What do you tell the young people? All right, people? I'm a, I I, 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 I got to agree with them. I'm gonna start i go
5: I'm gonna give you a quick answer to that and then obviously go to as I call them, the politicos, they'll give you your thoughts on it. The quick answer I'll I'll give on that um, is I'm assuming part of the reason I'm assuming you're making this call is obviously we talked about, we're going to be talking about Kamala Harris and the VP. And so, as we know, the national elections get more notoriety than all other elections. But the unfortunate truth about even national elections, the reality is 40% of the country typically still does not show up. That's just keeping it for what it is. So there's a level of apathy or whatever reason that a lot of people fall into that position. And that's for the national election. All other elections, those numbers go even higher for those who don't show up for elections. So I say all that to simply say to you that if you have young people saying that to you, there are local issues that you even, if you think about it, that you are aware of that politics directly affect that you could point out to them to make them realize that's the importance of politics. And so even in the event, again, I'm a political independent that if they going to go to the voting booth or they should be going to the voting booth, it's for what's happening around them. So that's what I share mm-hmm. with them. I give them real life examples. Me being from a small town, for example, my godmother was in politics and I'll give I give this example to young people all the time. We had this one area where the lights would be out and it was a bad area for traffic. And this is in a small three-stop light town, so I didn't grow up in no city, hard knocks. I'm not trying to exaggerate it. But just by her getting lights put up, it ensured the youth didn't see bad activity in the neighborhood. That's a small example. There's a lot of local examples in which even young people can relate to. So I would challenge you to share local politic evidence to them, and it will hit home, in my opinion. Um, Lamina, I think you were about to say something. Go ahead, please.
4: Yeah, there's so many other things um, to vote for other than president um, that impact you more than the presidency, actually, and that is the judges, the federal judges. They need to understand that who's in the presidency matters. For example, right now there's going to be a lot of lawsuits around this election. Federal judges are going to be making decisions about those lawsuits. You don't want a judge in place who's not likely to rule what matters to you. So what's important is that you vote for the president who can um, nominate judges, and you want to vote so that you have a Senate in place who confirms those judges. The Supreme Court is important. All politics is local, um, but they need to understand that there's all those um, – the people who actually make the decisions in the administration are nominated by that pres- that person in the presidency. So when it comes to people being over um, departments in the cabinet um, and all the things that trickle down to affect you on a local level, you want to make sure that, um, quite frankly, regardless of how you feel about who's running, what's going to happen with everything else that matters in your
5: life? Um, Leo, good thoughts. What are you? What are you, you know oh, I'm sorry. Place. Yep, sorry about that, Queen. I thought you were afraid. I I, I, I sorry for interrupting. I'll be thinking you're done. Um, but yeah, Leo, um, mm-hmm. if you will, what are you telling young people um, answering this caller's
7: question? Well, I tend to turn the young people on the policy. I mean, and and to look at how did prison reform in Georgia get done? How did school choice in Georgia get done? How did we re um, reframe actually through Stacey Abrams' work in part? how do we reframe the whole uh, capital gains tax uh, investment policy in Georgia such that you didn't need to be a millionaire to make money out of investing in other people's businesses, little things like that. Now, most young people, that's the last thing that I shared, how to benefit from capital gains tax policy. That's not typical of what a 19, 20-year-old is not earning enough money generally to make that kind of impact um, in in capitalism, but – if we can get them to just push forward a little bit and see themselves as such and to get them exposed to you know, the economic practices of capitalism and, and understand how their vote can impact that at the very local level. So I'm with you entirely, Montoya. I, I really don't work on national politics, and people actually ask me all the time. I was asked by Donald Trump to be his Georgia director. I turned him down. Uh, <laughs> so, um um cause I don't really like national mm-hmm. politics. I think local is where it's at and I think you know, national is sexier and that's why people pay attention to it. It's the big win, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact is mm-hmm. that most good stuff. Eric Holder, Eric Holder, our attorney general, African American identity as- ascribed and owned. Um, stood at Ebenezer, the famed Ebenezer. And Eric Holder gave Governor Nathan Deal, for whom I worked as a campaign consultant, um, gave Governor Nathan Deal credit for doing more in prison reform than Obama and Herk Holder did. In other words, Herk Holder was giving credit to the power of local politics. So people, young people, I tell them, you should vote. And I try and get them to forget about the national stuff, not necessarily forget about it, go to it, for the cake, but the food, the main course, all the other stuff is your local stuff. We've got a DA here, at Holmes. I've uh, had the pleasure of introducing Montoya to her, and yes, yes, yeah. she's a local politics person. I helped her with, uh, you know, her campaign when she was actually running for magistrate of Cobb County, African American woman, okay, Eastern Star, A.K.A. all of that. She is now in Cobb County as a DA, local. And guess what national impact she's having? She has been assigned the Ahmaud Arbery case.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: Local. That's powerful. And young people are tell them, Power. I give them examples like that. That's why you should be involved in voting. Because mm-hmm. I don't
5: want to be stuck. Arbery's I don't case. want to be stuck begging. I'm just going to call it real. This is what we do on this show. I don't want to be stuck begging a white judge to make sure Aubrey gets his justice Mm -hmm. and not saying that Uh a a white judge can't deliver justice. But in this case, as ridiculous as it was that it took two months to even find out all because of a video and come to find out these people was literally off the hook and we're demanding justice.
7: Mm -hmm.
5: I like the fact that a sister is sitting on the court, and that's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. So to the caller, appreciate you for the call, but I hope, hope you've gathered something that you can use and talk to these young people about. Thanks a lot for calling in. Mm-hmm. All right, let me go to Brother Pianke trying to get on his last few minutes. We're going to keep this thing going for we've got about five more minutes. Let me get Brother Pianki in. Brother Pianke out of St. Louis, uh, thanks for getting in. Uh, uh, hope you're you enjoying know, uh, this pop-up show. I right? <laughs>
2: You got a judge, I forget which circuit, Emmett Emmett, uh, Sullivan, a black judge. And what he's doing with Manafort is just totally, totally ridiculous. So that can work both ways. And the gentleman made mention, you know, I teach uh, from time to time, people can get me out of the the, the mouthballs to teach stocks and options. And I can sit down with some young people and show them how they can make money instantaneous. But that's short-term capital gains, which has had a very high tax rate under the Democratic administration. Now it's where I think it should be, and he's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so, so that's so you putting money in so your that's, pocket.
7: That's,
5: that's your effect of how politics affects you, huh, Brother Bianchi?
2: <laughs> You're absolutely right. It, it, I'm talking about when it, 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 it affects that wallet. A married couple – uh, twenty-four thousand dollars standard deduction, no taxes, tax exempt. That's better than twelve. This administration put it at twenty-four grand. Tax rate down to twenty-one percent rather than thirty-nine percent. A business is able to expense its capital improvements in a shorter time than what it was. That's st- listen. The gentleman that's on here is talking about the finance. He knows what I'm talking about, but a lot of people don't have a clue. Yes, I'm going to end with that. I don't want to take up no more time.
5: No, thank you for the call, Brother P. I mm-hmm.
2: Uh Amina, any thoughts? Uh, what,
5: what I'm hearing with Brother Pianchi is, which is ultimately we said politics is local, but the bigger definition, mm-hmm. and see if y'all agree with this, is politics is personal interest more than anything, local second. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm kind of with you, uh, Leo. Let's put national way down the list, if you will, just to get an understanding. But, I Amina, mean, any thoughts on that aspect? It's personal interest and not having a clue ends up hurting you. It ends up harming you. So I think that's why you're mm-hmm. stressing and have put out strong coffee. Again, y'all should follow uh-huh. that because you're going to get the facts over means. Go ahead, Queen.
4: I agree. All politics is local. That That is more important than um, – they're all important, but unfortunately – um because of a lack of voter education people think the presidency is the most important thing and they're, you know, hurting themselves because they don't focus on the local races. And local means um your state legislature and your congressman because those people can't get to Washington unless you send them from home. That's local. That's no, a absolutely
5: speaking of that, let me just a perfect point I always highlight Um, Horace Williams, who's come up with the app called Empowered. That's E-M-P-O-W-R-D. So just take out the last two E's. But the app, Empowered, basically download that app and it shows you who all of your legislators are from local all the way to the presidency. And it does more than that. But that's one of the first things you want to do um, because we've done, again, we don't do a lot of politics on mental dialogue, but we've We definitely do important issues in our community and quite often some of those Mm -hmm. takes civil, civil engagement. And so we have to be aware of who's actually pulling the strings. For example, I'll just throw this out there a couple of weeks ago, we did the show on the water boys and that is a highly political issue here in Atlanta right now. And so there is some navigating from those of us who are on the streets, uh, but that alone is not going to make this thing work. We will have to get engaged locally in order to, figure out how to make that thing work out for our community for those who might know about that issue. But it's just a prime example of politics being local over, I mean, like you you said, I mean, it's all important, but not knowing what's happening right around you has hurt us the most. And the fact that we Mm -hmm. have such low turnouts locally proves this is not a black thing. This is an American issue. And that we just haven't got that covered. Uh, I think that's all the callers. If you needed to get Amina, in, you had Amina, to, you had to press one.
7: Thing. Yeah, go ahead. No, I want to just make a real quick thing. I think it's really great that you brought up Empowered. Horace is a great young man, and he, he started working on that thing about eight years ago, and he's you know he's got it out there. We need that. Um, Amina, I would suggest this and that. Whatever you can do, anybody can do if we can get a version of the mock UN back in the schools, okay? And if you all remember, I'm 56 years old, so back in the day, there was this thing where we pretend to be involved in international legislative um, in dialogue, okay? And it taught uh-huh. people about world politics. It taught people about local politics. It taught people how to reason, how to argue, how to debate, okay, and uh-huh. how policy is made. Folks don't uh-huh. have a clue about that. If you demand one thing out of schools is that you should demand that we start teaching civic education, that we get Horses' app empowered into every middle school kid's hand, and that we Mm -hmm. start using technology to teach people how policy works, how it impacts your local Mm -hmm. life. If anybody has any influence on anything, if you know a teacher or a school administrator, please start pushing this type of education. I literally, I, had, that
2: not... literally wow. had that
4: conversation with someone you, today. Literally had that conversation with someone today about um, the education that um, we don't have in our community about how civics work.
7: Well, you got to remember black people have only been allowed to vote since
4: 1965. Exactly.
7: So, what I was I was as a right? so we haven't had much experience in it because we haven't been allowed to. We have to learn it.
4: But we also have to hold ourselves responsible because we've let it um we've let it get away from us from us on our watch. I always say we got our civil rights now degrees and we lost our minds. We've been too busy trying to assimilate. You know, we we misunderstood what integrate meant and we were actually doing better. Our businesses were thriving, our neighborhoods were surviving and thriving and um you know, we're so busy trying to integrate, and that's, that's fine. We deserve those rights, um, but we um, we have this thing of trying to chase something better as opposed to looking within ourselves and seeing what we already have.
5: Now, Amen to that. Thoughts. Now, strong thoughts. I appreciate both of you. I hope for those out there listening, the callers pretty much stayed on with us. So um, hopefully people learned. Again, we did, Camila. I'm sorry Kamala, Kamala, I'm saying I'm saying
4: Kamala, Kamala, Kamala I'm sorry,
5: Kamala Harris, let me get it right, Sorry, I gotta get out of the queen name right Kamala Harris um definitely um revealed. I think we dubbed into that and a lot more, and I hope people learn something, and that was why we really did the show. is just for people to get different perspectives than what they're seeing across social media with the memes. um thank you both for being on um strong coffee. Uh do we just follow you on Facebook? Anywhere else is that blog? You may have already said it, but I just want to make sure people are getting that before we go. Facebook for the blog Thank you
4: and I, I um I do um tweets on Twitter under at the Chrissy Pundit.
5: Hey, love it. Text it I to like me, it. I'll put it All up right. under the yeah, I'll I'll text that to me and I'll put it up under the show replay. Thank y'all both. Okay. Um this Saturday Thank as always, you. ten AM to twelve PM Mental Dialogue Talk Show, Eastern Standard Time, for anybody on the other coast. Thank you all for tuning in to our pop-up show. But We'll see you all on Saturday. We're going to be highlighting a couple of women who are doing some powerful things. we got Shadon Reynolds uh, with She Prints It. She's doing an initiative where she's raising money for other black women in, in, in business. And we'll bring on Letitia Spring, Springer uh, with Free Fridge 99. She's putting up local fridges, partnering with businesses to put up fridges for people who have food deficiencies, mm-hmm in the local community. So please tune in and learn more about both of these wonderful sisters we'll be showing on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Amina. Y'all were wonderful. See y'all next time I get y'all on this show, which y'all are always wonderful when you come on. Appreciate y'all very much.
4: Thanks for the invite.
5: Absolutely. All I ask is that you think. We'll see y'all on Saturday.
4: Good night.
5: Good night.